It's time to step into the rooms of another of the many different health people there are working in our communities to help us better look after ourselves. And while we're there, we'll get a better understanding of exactly what they do to you. And when you step into the treatment room of a health professional, how do you go explaining what's going on with you? Marshall Anderson is an osteopath and he gets all sorts of explanations from his patients. I quite like when people come in, I'm like, oh, what brings you in today? And they're like, oh, my wife booked me. <laughs> Just for no reason at all. He's like, you haven't been complaining about something? And they're like, oh, I've had a sore back and I haven't been able to get off the couch for five days, so... Does that sound familiar? And what if you meet them outside of the treatment room? Ever asked any of these questions? The first question is generally, I've got a sore back, can you help me? Or I've got a sore neck, or my husband's got a sore neck, or wife's got a sore neck, can you fix them? Um, so they're after free advice straight away? Pretty much, that's the first pub conversation, is a bit of free advice. Um, going back to when I first started working, it was definitely a much lesser understanding of what osteopaths do. I think most people now have a generalised idea of what we do. Um, not so much uh, osteo, that's bones, isn't it? Well, we wonder that because you go and see orthopaedic surgeons or you think about anything that starts with an O in the health world and it seems to be bones, but not you guys? Optometrists. Oh, good one. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, we don't really even work on bones. We're, we're working on the joints, the soft tissues around them. So I might have to ask A.T. Steele who came up with the name back in the 1800s maybe. Well, I'll see what I can do about that. <laughs> so really though, what is the easiest way for us to understand what you do? Got a good metaphor for me? I always thought mechanic, but I took my car, uh, my car had an issue the other week and I think maybe mechanic more related now to an IT specialist because there's so much diagnostics <laughs> on computers. So <laughs> maybe an old school mechanic where you're actually working with the parts and fixing that. There's obviously no disrespect to mechanics. Um, part hairdresser, we know what's going on around town. <laughs> we certainly quite often have the lowdown on all the, uh, the hot topics and gossip around town. So, <laughs> But of course you don't share that with other patients. Confidential, like we don't reveal personal details. Obviously it's very confidential, but... <laughs> What do you mean when you say working on? What are you doing? We're generally working on musculoskeletal complaints. So, And musculoskeletal means? Uh, the muscles and the skeletal system, sorry. So looking at the body as a whole, um, so we're just not working on one area in particular. So if you come in for a neck complaint, we'll quite often look at the upper back and related areas of the body because quite often one area of your body affects the other. Um, another example might be if you're coming in with pelvic pain or hip pain, it may have a bit to do with your ankle, um, your lower back or your knee. So generally we find that one area can, can affect another and subsequently if you've got a restriction in one area, um, you can be using another area a little bit more to overcompensate for that and that's where that area can be getting pain going forward. So yeah, kind of generally at the body as a whole. But also the whole person because you're looking at the mind as well with a lot of people because they might be coming in with tension-related problems and it might be related to stress at the time. So although we don't go into the stress side of things too much, it might be just getting them to talk and open up about what's going on in their life and then you know having the right avenues to try and push them in the right direction to get that kind of help as well. So what are the most common things people come in to see an osteopath for? Personally, um, it, there's a, it's quite a broad church, osteopathy, and um, I'm sure if you asked you know, 10 osteopaths, they'd probably go, you know, eight people might go about it the same way, but there are 
um, other ways and other forms of practice. Most people will come to see me for probably low back pain or pelvic pain, uh, neck and shoulder pain, so um, and even headaches. It'd probably become in my, my top five. I, I do personally like to see a lot of sporting injuries as well, so people kind of tend to gravitate towards you based on what you do. When you're always seeing people who come in with some kind of pain, I don't know, that must be an interesting kind of headspace for you to be in because they're coming in. Are they looking for you to fix them? They come in because, you know, it's, it's the great part of our job is you're trying to help people. And most of the time you're trying to help people with either pain or dysfunction. And they don't always come in with pain. They might be like, it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable or it's, you know, it's unpleasant. At other times people, it's just a functional problem. So they're not feeling the way they should be at 100%. Now, I've always wondered, I've been to see an osteo before. And one of the things that happens when I go in is they take a look at my back and they might ask me to lift an arm or, you know, bend my neck down or whatever it might be. And without even touching me, they're just looking. What are, what are you looking for? We generally look at the structure of a person. So it might be your um, ankles, it might be your hips and pelvic levels, uh, the way you bend when you're bending forward. Say if you touch your toes, quite often we're looking for variances in range of movement, so asymmetries generally. Um, and then if you're looking at, say, if your neck and shoulders, it'd be looking if you can rotate as far one way as the other. So generally there's functional restrictions when you're doing that, but also you can get an understanding of the person's structure. Um, a big part of osteopathy is how structure and function are interrelated. When you say structure and function, I'm just going to get you to break that yeah. down a bit more. What, what do you actually mean? The function is kind of like the way you're moving. The structure is sometimes the way you're set. So your hips might be structured a certain way or um, your back might have curves more one way than the other. Okay, so you're basically the way that you're built yeah. and where, how that affects what you do. For an example, just last week, a, a seven-year-old come in with a really, really acute neck and he'd been referred in from his doctor. A lot of pain, couldn't turn his head, couldn't reverse his car. And he'd already had an x-ray before he came in that showed advanced uh, osteoarthritis. And like that arthritis didn't, he'd never had pain more than two weeks ago, but just when he knocked his head, he'd, he hurt his neck and he woke up the next day and couldn't turn it. So that arthritis didn't just come on in the week prior, that had been building up over you know, 30, 40, 50 years. But because he'd probably been functioning quite well, he didn't actually have any pain before. He might've been a bit stiff, but he never complained. But due to him you know, knocking his head and, and waking up, it, it really affected his function. So he was in a lot of pain and discomfort. So that's why you're sometimes, you know, you're trying to interrelate the two of them. And, and not everyone who's got arthritis gets pain. So what do you do about that? It's a tricky space in the health field because people in pain are particularly susceptible and they'll quite often pick up on the negatives. So we're quite often looking at diagnosing the faults in people rather than the positives. So um, it might just come down to saying, look, you're, you know, you haven't had this problem before. You're just going through an acute phase. We'll get it moving. We'll get it feeling better. And then, you know, hopefully you're back to normal in no time. Well, the idea of working on someone and getting it moving, what happens when we walk into your treatment room? Are you doing it all with your hands? Are you telling them to go away and do their own things at home? The first part is, you know, the, you know we, we sit down, we have a chat, talk about the problem. Quite often, some people are quite reluctant to talk. You know, it might take a while to break down those barriers because quite often there are a lot of barriers to someone coming with particularly chronic pain. So they mightn't be too forthcoming to start with because quite often it's trying to get out of the person. They quite often know more about it than they think they might sometimes as well. Moving on to then examination. So yeah, you might be asked to undress a part of your body. Well, you know, it might be just your, your top to have a look at your neck and shoulder or your lower back. Um, you know, if you're uncomfortable, we always get people wearing gowns. Uh, an examination which is usually involves like you said moving in a certain direction doing some orthopedic tests to try and reproduce their pain a lot of the time so 
by reproducing someone's pain, you're trying to get a sense of which tissue is causing the dysfunction. Um, and that's quite important. And then treatment, um, which is generally hands-on with osteopaths. So there's a variety of different techniques used. And quite often it's, you know, there might be a little bit of soft tissue massage, um, joint mobilization or articulation. Um, you can be manipulated as well, depending on, you know, if the practitioner thinks it's worthwhile and also obviously the consent of the person. And manipulation means? Um, you know, it might be the when you move a joint and it hears that makes that little pop or, or clicking sound. I might do it on, you know, maybe... 50 60 percent of people obviously with their consent if people don't want it that's why you know they come and see us a lot of the time because we don't always do it or have to do it well what is the cracking of the back or the neck about the cracking so i I, there's different ways around it and i think it's education and, and different professions have different views on how it's done i think the general consensus is uh, that it's a release of a, a pop or a gaseous air bubble within the joint uh, cavity and space. Manipulation is like a quick bit of movement. So if you're coming in with pain or dysfunction, it's quite often because you've got a restricted segment. And that segment might be in your spine or in one of your joints. So, you know, you might passively articulate it to try and get it moving. So it might be like if you've got a bit of a stiff back, it's someone just putting a bit of pressure on it to try and get it moving. I just look at it at a, a manipulation that's it's a quick movement. It just puts quick movement through it. It's good for good short-term pain relief. I don't think it's the fixed kind of long-term and ongoing, but it is a, quite a powerful short-term pain relieving tool if done appropriately. Okay, so we get to the manipulation bit and then what happens? Um, well, there's other things you could have, you know, dry needling. It, it kind of, it, we've quite often got a large scope of practice. We've got lots of different treatment techniques and... The practitioner will just, you know, kind of pick using their judgment what's most appropriate. And also the patient directs it as well. If someone's not comfortable with needles, you're not going to be sticking needles in them. Why did you want to get into osteopathy? Growing up as a kid in country Victoria, I played a lot of sport and I'd probably suffered most injuries. And I'd been around various modalities and ended up seeing an osteopath. And I liked the way they went about it the most. And that's, you know, no disrespect to the others. It's just I found my body responded better to it. And yeah, she was a lovely practitioner who'd moved to town. So I did some work experience with her and yeah, then I went from there. I just really enjoy our job is that we've actually got the time to sit there and talk to people and get to know people. And quite often you meet their family members, it might be their mums, dads. Majority of the time you're helping people or less. If we can't help someone, we can push them in the right direction. And I think we've got a good connection with the community and that's what that brings. And that idea that people might go and see chiropractors, physios, those other, I'm assuming they're the other modalities that you talk about. And I know this is going to be hard for you to talk about because you're just one of those professions, but is there an easy way for us to understand the difference? I'm probably not the best to ask because I haven't seen a physio or a a chiro for probably 20 years since I I was back in school. But from what I know, there's there's more convergence now probably than ever. Um, we've always been traditionally very strong at the hands-on side of things, but osteopaths have generally uh, accepted that you know the benefits of exercise and, and rehabilitation, and we do a strong emphasis on that in our clinic. So the exercises afterwards are a big part yeah, of the treatment. So, yeah. Pretty much everyone who sees me will be given an exercise or a bit of advice, um, whether they want to take it on board or not. It's I kind of I've got a pretty simplistic male mind, and I'm kind of like minimal effort, maximal result. That's kind of my bit of a motto. But again, it's pretty simplistic, but that's the way my brain works. Yeah. 
How's that sound? Minimal effort, maximum results. That's the way Marshall does it. As he mentioned, different osteopaths work in different ways with all different types of techniques. They are primary care practitioners, which means you don't need a referral to see one. However, if you would like to use them through certain funded care plans, such as DVA or workers' compensation or MAIB, you will need a referral from your GP. You can learn heaps more about osteopaths by looking online. I'll leave some handy links in the show notes. Or just ask your GP or call your local clinic. This project was funded by the Healthy Tasmania Community Innovation Grants through the Tasmanian Government.